Hello and welcome to another episode of the Talking Heads podcast with me, Lucy Chamberlain. And me, Saul Walker. The smell of a spring is in the air. The days are lengthening and the good old British weather brings days of jumpers and gloves or t-shirts and shorts. But whether sun or rain, the 2023 garden season has truly begun. Spring is the starter gun for many when it comes to the garden. The garden centres and nurseries are full of new plants. Barely a week goes by when the new wave of colour fills the garden from snowdrops through to daffodils and then on to tulips. In our respective gardens, both at work and home, it's all hands on deck as the spring months whistle by. This podcast brings you along on those horticultural adventures. As Saul and I ply our trade, bringing our best laid plans to fruition. Whether toiling in the borders, hiding in the woodland groves, tending the vegetable gardens or enjoying a leisurely drive on our tractors. So if you want to join that adventure, tune in every week to look into the busy and exciting world of the modern head gardener. Hello, Saul. Hello. I am back. Yay! <laughs> ah, it's lovely to be here again. I am well rested. Uh, I have had a lovely week in Norfolk with the family. I'd said it was somewhere exotic, didn't I? I said exotic <laughs> Norfolk. <laughs> well, do you know, I love it. I do like the North Norfolk coast in particular was, was uh, where we frequented and it was rather delicious. Well, I say delicious, I put on one and a half kilos. So it was actually oh, right. really tasty. <laughs> <laughs> I know, oh my God. But I'm hoping that the speed I put it on will be equally matched by the speed that it falls off from my body. So well, that's my plan. We've got to catch up on a bit of gardening, haven't you? Yes, I have. I've been in the greenhouse at home. I had a, a, an awful lot to do at home when I got back. And um, also at the hall as well, there's there's all sorts of stuff going on at the hall because it's being ready to put on the on the market, mm. as people know. So that's happening. And yeah, like I say, it was lovely to have a rest. It was great to have some time with the family to just chill and do some lovely visiting of gardens. I have to say, although the oh yeah, I had the family with me, I did. I'm very lucky in that the whole family do love walking around well, gardens good, and yeah. old castles we went to castle acre if anyone knows that and uh there's a lovely priory there as well we also went to walsingham and there's a lovely lovely abbey there with some wonderful water meadows oh my gosh the water meadows were beautiful fritillaries just fritillaries there were loads of daffodils oh, there was just it was just idyllic the way that that um uh walsingham abbey i think it's an abbey has been managed it's um it's really nice. We were just cooing over how it really was gently managed. So I think, do you know, I think that's a real skill to have a huge big landscape and woodlands and meadows and actually be then able to obviously tweak them, but not so much that it even feels tweaked. I have also fallen in love with a um, the dead, now dead hedges. Okay. I thought there was a special term for dead hedges and I asked the... Um, the lady who was running the, the kindergarten <laughs> club at the Nature Reserve where we were. And she said, no, they're just called a dead hedge. But yeah. they, again, they are very, um, seeing them in a setting where they are actually put in as a boundary for little people or for, in, in one example, actually near the water meadow, there was a tree that had obviously been thinned out. The canopy had been really thinned out and all the, all the scrub, all those twiggy branches had been laid in a circle around the tree. And it just felt oh right, bit really pleasing. Really, I can't put it into words. They call words. that it land just... arts, don't they? There's, well, yeah, that's what it, it was. Andy... It was very artistic and sensitive. I think it's Andy Goldsworthy. Please correct me if on Twitter, uh, Twitter, 
Oh, on Twitter, yeah. Oh, you Correct are on me. Twitter. Yeah, I am on Twitter. Correct me. I think it's Andy Goldsworthy that does all those um, land art. There might be another guy who works, who's a royal academician who might do it. But yeah, it's amazing when you and you can do it with leaves and cones mm. and all sorts mm. of things. That sounds sounds wonderful. Dead hedges are great. I remember uh, Q. Um, the arboretum has a little wild area which they sort of leave not so you know manicured like the rest of the botanic garden mm. and to denote it they have this from the arboretum so a very formal arboretum into the wild area they have this dead hedge around it yeah. and it just gives you that change in emphasis mm. you know you see the dead hedge and you think yeah we're going into a little bit more of a uh, a more sort of natural managed system which is always nice yeah you're probably thinking of hedge laying because there are you were probably in the best, one of the best counties for hedge laying, <laughs> East Anglia in that area. They've got a real art for it, unlike yeah. down here in Devon, where we're pretty rough. Do you know what? Everyone's got their own hedge laying the, style. The style. The style. Yeah. There's the, each county and region has its own hedge laying style. So I didn't see much in the way of um, live hedges. It definitely was this dead hedge, but I thought right. there was a phrase. I thought it was like a dead or a fedge or something, but we checked. <laughs> And a dead it needs to be it needs to be coined some because a dead hedge doesn't sound yeah true great but actually they are i was really taken really taken by the uh, the scale of them and just that was it was just yeah very very nice we shall call them dedges from now on oh i'm glad you had a nice holiday i did and thank you so much for covering me for me That's i listened right. to your exotics episode and loved it it was um Good. a real botanical tapestry of all sorts of delights in your gardens so thank you one of the nice things about that day, it was finally dry. I know you've had it a bit drier in the east, but we were torrential mm. last week. But the Saturday was beautiful and the weather's continued in that vein. A bit overcast today, but still dry at last. We can get on the, the garden. I've got, I don't know how your garden's looking, but mine is looking actually pretty good. Yeah. Uh, that rain has helped, um, but uh, the sunshine's now and everything is growing. The cherries have... The grass. Flared. The, so- the gra- Well, oh I was mowing God, today. The grass. I, I, <laughs> This is the one thing you forget. The thing is, last year during the summer, we didn't mm. mow for almost three months, so you're not you don't really remember when grass literally grows in front of your eyes, and it yeah. literally is. You That's what's you, going you on. mow at the start of the week, and by the end of the week, you think, oh, I might get the mower out again. Yeah. So yeah, well, trying yeah. with the hall, trying to keep it looking really polished. Um, you know, we know that things like grass and edging, you know, edging grass mm. can make an area look really really smart spick and span yeah. and, and amazing even if the borders are looking a little bit tired you can if you just cut the grass and get the edges looking great it actually your eye detracts from what might be happening in the borders and goes straight to this lovely curves and straight lines so trying to keep on top of that when it's now you know double figures easily in the day and uh that moisture is all fallen and doing its magical thing of making the grass grow like bilio mm. yeah it's it's um it's keeping us occupied and we finally got our mulch in a month late, oh. I know, but finally oh, got mind. the mulch last week. So that's well, been applied. Look all that uh, moisture in, so perfect job. Well, do you know, I did say that to the lads as we were um, as we were trying to shovel it in. Uh, what probably hundred percent rain forecast going sideways with the wind coming in the other direction. I said, at least we're locking the moisture in, guys. Let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> and they looked at me like I was an idiot. But yeah, yeah, no, I think. Um, I think it's done the world of good and i also got a mini digger in love getting a mini digger in Ooh, just to just to help tools. out so well the compost done. has been turned some Great. stumps have been dug out we've mm-hmm. done some bit of landscaping so yeah 
yeah although last week was a horrible week i got a lot done um and this week it's nice we can get uh onto the more the borders and do a few more i've got to get out to the veg garden i really must start planting stuff up it's it's weird because i don't know what again i don't know what it's like been in the east but in the west we, mm. we're still quite cold at night yeah this we have been definitely very cold. definitely still in those low single figures so i'm still a little hesitant to put too much out just in case they get checked so i've been watering them in the greenhouse but the onions and shallots definitely need to be in the ground <laughs> in the next week at least what is your what are your herbaceous borders looking like because i know Amazing. i absolutely know that i need to jump in there and do some staking so i will be doing some little yeah. videos on staking because it's quite a i quite i really enjoy doing that there's quite a lot of, a lot to it if you want there to be yeah and uh if you know me at all you know i like to apply my gray matter to these things and have a little muse on what i'm doing so um i will be staking the borders this week eagerly it's it's all about the nuttery for you that's the uh that's the key lucy no <laughs> well, it, like the yeah. like the grass it's growing mm. by the day inches i've yeah. had to i've definitely had to get a few hoops out to start uh things like our flomis which grows quite high flumis tuberosa yeah. amazoni yep. which grows quite high i've got those staked in but soon enough i well we're going to mention it later but we're off to a, a flower show for our first uh, engagement of the year next week yeah, but I, I definitely know. know that after that when may hits uh yeah it's going to be all hands to the pump to just try keep everything from i don't know going up you know getting too high we'll soon be don't chelsea panic. chopping don't it'll panic. be it'll be it'll be chelsea before we know it you know no that's the key no panicking just get no on with panicking. it <laughs> just go with the flow ride the wave yeah that's what you got to do you know so um and if in doubt just mow the grass and do the edges and let the rest go to hell. <laughs> I have had a bit of a disaster though, Lucy, and this will oh. suit you and right. um, Mr. Tufty out there. And also no. Phil oh. has now joined the uh, the Big Daddy competition. Yeah. A mouse has worked at my seedlings. Seriously? Yeah, it's decided that I am not to participate in this competition. So I've lost oh. all my Big Daddies. Seriously? Oh, that's true. Could do another sewing saw. Come on, do a second sewing because I've... I've literally only sewn my outdoor ones today. Yeah. Yeah, no, I literally went and got a new packet today. They're well going in tomorrow. Yeah, the, the, one, on. one of the nice things is there is a lot of heat in the greenhouse. The, this, mm -hmm. uh, the radiation for the sun. It might be a bit cold outside, but that mm. the greenhouse is definitely getting heated up. So I'm hoping that even though I'm maybe two months behind Tufty, that heat will, uh, will get me going quite quickly. And then I'll be back. I'll be back in the race. Good. I, I wouldn't it. be. I wouldn't run that race without you. I would. It would feel peculiar. So I'm really glad that you're going to do some more. That's lovely. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It was a bit annoying. And do you know it happened last year? And I didn't think about. it. I should have put the sea trays up pie or something. You had that peculiar uh, obstacle course. Was it last year <laughs> or the year before? I can't remember when it was. I think it was last year for my seed potatoes at the hall. That was it. And um, it was. I, I do do this for the mice to stop the mice eating the potatoes because. As you say, once it's happened one year, you you, you get your fingers burnt because they can be quite destructive mm. in a short space of time. And you, well, especially if you've chitted them, because then exactly you can't go out and buy chitted tubers. You have to start the whole process again, and you're losing time. It's it's really annoying. And um, yeah, mice and all rodents they like to hoard stuff. So once they find them, as I say, they really do make short work of your spuds. So yeah, I had mine hanging in uh, mesh cages from the massive big lean to greenhouse eaves in the walled kitchen garden. And everyone was umming and ahhing, thinking, was it going to work, wasn't it? Uh, I can promise you, it did. So They can't climb, they're not, they, they, they're pretty lazy. I think mice are fairly lazy. 
in that they look for the easy stuff, the low hanging mm. fruit, as it were. So once yeah. you start setting up obstacle courses or things at height, they don't generally get up there unless there's nothing else going on down below. So what makes me laugh is when you get your eye on with mice, this, this should be a podcast episode. But if, if you ever go into anyone's, um, you know, around an estate and you see bags, random bags hanging from the ceiling on a one single piece of string. Someone's got mice. You know, they're doing that. The, the head gardener's thinking, I'm going to do that to protect my wildflower meadow seed or whatever it might be that cost me £150 for mice because we have to do that. And um, yeah, because they can be swine. So yeah, if you see random bags hanging from the eaves, it's not... Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's not some kind of witchcraft or exactly. uh, or offering to the gods. It's, it's an organic uh, mouse control method that actually does work. So there we go. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's that was the disappointing news. But otherwise, everything is, yeah, growing quite well. Just need those, those temperatures. I just want those nighttime temperatures to go... You know, yeah. top top single figures, maybe tens, elevens would be nice, and then we'll really start oh, what a night. kicking things off. God, yeah. yeah, we're going down to. Do you know? I I apologise, nation. It was me. I jinxed it the other day. I mentioned that we're now in this wonderful time where we're getting really good nighttime temperatures because oh, <laughs> no. I thought we were. Literally, this was a, a couple of days ago, and, and then I looked at my phone. And, uh, you know, as you check the nighttime forecast for the next few days, and I was like, hang on, it's going down to three again. In you know, in literally a few days' time, I've got tomatoes to pick out. I've got so much stuff that needs to be given more space, but I haven't actually got the heated areas to to take them. So, yeah, uh, soon, hey ho. soon we'll have courgettes, squashes, sweet corn all on the go. You know, your French beans, all that kind. It'll of be stuff, all so. fun. It'll be that little dancing that you do in spring. The merry, the merry spring dance that we do. We love it. Where you're balancing seed trays from some kind of I don't. I'm know. already double stacking. Are you double stacking already? Yeah. I'm already right. double stacking, so there we go. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> um, now, we sort of mentioned it just a minute ago, but we are off mm. uh, next week, and we'll, we shall bring you a podcast episode from there, I'm pretty sure. Mm. Uh, we are off for our first engagement of the year at Gardener's World Fair, Spring Fair, of all the things. Did you get it right. Uh, that, uh, at Bewley in Hampshire. Some of you who have been listening to the podcast remember we were there last year giving mm. tours of the vegetable garden and the ornamental garden. Um, this year we're also going to be doing a little bit of stage work as well. We are. Did you see I yeah. changed my voice? This is my stage voice. Please don't become a diva. Please. <laughs> I don't think I'll be able to cope. <laughs> so we're going to be yeah so we're going to be on the gardener's world stage um, are, hosting a few sessions so um we're looking forward to seeing some of you there i know uh, we met a few of our listeners last year uh, we're very grateful for the biscuits uh, that people bought us <laughs> i was just gonna say are we gonna are we gonna request biscuits again uh, yeah. yes we are yeah. Uh, custard creams for me and chocolate hobnobs for sore. If you really do want to make us smile, that would be great. Because our energy levels do flag and we need to sustain ourselves. You know, if you're doing us just you a know, public service, really. We are on the go all the time. So mm. we're looking forward to some of you being there. It's from the 28th to the 30th of April next week, which I think is, that's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. I know, next weekend. My gosh. Next weekend. So uh, there's still tickets. So if you want to come and visit us, lovely day out. Obviously, Bewley's got the National Motor Museum as well, if you're into your motors. Oh, me, I am. Give me a frog-eyed Sprite. They're having traction engines this year. Um, Are they? They let me know. So they're bringing some of the traction engines into that into that space as well so that should be fun for some people yeah but it's not the same as an ac cobra is it oh dear we know where lucy's <laughs> head is um you'll also be able to see adam frost uh Ari anderson and i think francis tophill will be there as well, well done, if you yeah. want to see them but really you want to see us that's the that's the main draw 
And the yes. silence. And <laughs> the silence in that point tells you everything Did you, hear you need the to know. Yeah, yeah. We, do you know what I'm so looking forward to? And I, yeah. I always say it, but it's so true. I'm so looking forward to meeting Kelvin and Joe yeah. and Dan and the it's whole gang nice again. I'm just yeah. loving that. I just so love to be part of that um, sort of garden estate vibe. I, I think it's so pleasant and lovely and, and home from home. It's, you know, it's great. So really looking forward to seeing you guys. Yeah. So yeah. So <laughs> see us next week. Fingers crossed. Uh, Beauty with a lovely sunny, sunny days. That's all we need. Mm, just love yeah. lo- lots of sun. If not, we'll just do the tour from the greenhouses. Now, before we get on to tonight's topic, uh, we also have some thanks as usual to say. We've had a few weeks doing other things, so we've got a bit of a build up of people who have bought us plants on BuyMeACoffee.com. Um, so a big thanks, firstly, to East Marsh Farm. I'm guessing that's an actual farm. Someone listens to us on a farm. Oh. Not sure where. I don't know. Maybe they grow lots of tomatoes. You never know. Hey? I hope so. Yeah. Thank you very much. Also, uh, Charlotte has bought us some plants. She says this podcast is a weekly delight. Thank you both. Oh. It's a little bit of time out in a busy life. Thank you. It's the same for us. We're very busy, and this brings us a little joy in the week. Do you know, it, it does. I love this. Is, this I love this. It's like horticultural therapy for me. <laughs> thank you so much for that, guys. It's yeah, very, very th- kind of you. Oh, we've got one more. Uh, Gail oh. has also bought us some plants. She has been oh, listening okay. to us for ages and has been meaning to support. <laughs> now, Gail, it's never too late. Never too late. She you loves having that. us Thank in you. her ears when she gardens. I hope not literally. I'm quite large. Um, and she's from Suffolk, so quite near to where oh, you've uh, were just over the county. Yeah. Well, hello, Gail. I'm waving at you from my window. I hope you can see me. Thank you to all three of you. We love the support and it means we can keep going for another week. Oh my god, times are hard. Another week. Times, times are hard, yeah. <laughs> Petrol costs are going up. <laughs> <laughs> grow your um, own. That's, that's the future. It. Just grow your own food. Just plant one courgette plant. That'll keep you going for at least a few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, talking of Norfolk and holidays, that's what tonight's yeah. subject is going to be. This is the is that where the inspiration came from? Because you suggested this, mm, but I was I like, do. do you know what? Uh you're leaning on an open door because can I say firstly because i did have the week with the family last week which is a real treat we are now having to conform to the um having holidays in school Mm. time oh sorry i'm not in school (laughs) oh we're now conforming (laughs) to having holidays in school holiday time which means that actually uh in a way it's quite good because it forced my hand to to persuade mr c that we actually needed a break because normally we don't we don't take holidays in the middle of april i mean how ridiculous is that as a gardener but we managed to squeeze one in but in doing so i had to do a lot of preparation to leave my own garden home ready for the week away and also at the hall we had uh, we're very lucky we've got a a now a a team of people we used to be more of a um well i say a one-man band it was me and my husband so it was a two-man band but now we've got a a team of people so whilst uh mr c and i were away it was great that i knew and i could rely on the other uh three people from the team going in so thank you again so much to Stephen, to nick to ad for keeping the the many plates spinning whilst we were away because that made things a whole lot easier i still was on the phone to them just to check that everything was okay and, and keep them topped up with jobs and stuff but uh well you know as any responsible head gardener would do not in a not oh, in a control no, freak kind of way in a in a nurturing are you okay guys kind of way yeah yeah we are talking about 
when you would go on holiday and how mm. you would prepare your garden. And, and it's a hard question, isn't it? Mm. And it, it sort of covers other jobs like farming and when you're looking after animals or if you've got small holding. Mm. Really going on holiday is quite a hard decision to make uh, when you're a gardener because you don't really, like you've already alluded to, you don't really want to go away at the key mm. moments of the year. But then you're sort of then limited to the points of year of the year where maybe going on a holiday isn't as pleasant especially if you're holidaying in the UK which we all seem to be doing a lot more these these days so having to decide firstly when to go on holiday is quite a conundrum um mm. like you say you're Hyams force now because you have to go on holiday when you're little ones not at, at school but I guess for me without without children I always try and f- I generally have these two periods where I go on holiday every year it's the same and it's it's that just at the start of May when I've got most of the things done in April and I know the summer's about to come in right so I just try to get a week away before the manicness of May June starts uh, so that's always good and then the second one is September because mm. September for me always feels like that's the sort of end of that season and most of the plants are just doing whatever they want at the moment they're either on the way out or they're flowering there's nothing to really sort of grow on anymore Mm. um so i tend to go away then as well let everything let everything all the fruits and the vegetables sort of uh get ready to be harvested so i go away then but then that makes me think that really limits me doesn't it i guess and uh i I guess it's quite hard yeah i guess it's quite hard to think about when to go on holiday as a gardener i don't think there's a really great time no. uh, to do it um obviously in winter things aren't moving quite so fast so if you don't want a holiday in the uk or if you're a keen skier then that can that can work quite well i've done many a ski trip and even squeezed in this trip to australia in the midst of winter because over there it's the height of summer so that can work quite nicely but um yeah it's it's tricky um my mum and dad you know retired smallholders they rarely really ever went away um and that was because they always used to say to me well plants don't stop growing and they don't, no. you know I, they'd maybe occasionally go away for the odd day here and there they trust me enough to look after the nursery open up the greenhouses do the irrigation you know check for i always used to say to mum and dad please don't go away when it's myxomatosis season uh because the dog would always bring me a poor rabbit that needed to be um either nurtured or go the other way into the abyss of um, the afterlife. And that was always a rather grim thing to have to <laughs> deal with. So it's tricky because, you do, like I say, you need someone to be able to, uh, if you are going away and leaving a state completely on its own or your own garden on its own, mm. you need to either have the trust of someone to, to say, please, can you look after that space while I'm away? Um, and for me, as I say, in April, I've got so many seedlings on the go at the moment. Yeah. Um, and that I found, you know, it was it was a, a, a difficult decision to have to make. But yeah, or other times, as you say, there's crops that go over. And so then sometimes you're wasting all this produce. So they get, again, the idea of whoever's looking after your garden saying to them, please, can you, you know, look after them? But, it, but in doing so, the return favour is that you can take whatever produce is there, you know, mm. sweet corn, raspberries, apples, whatever it might be coming into cropping um that's often a a a kind way of finding someone to uh help you out of a muddle and i must say so i must say thank you because i was i am so lucky that my neighbor Teresa looked after my own greenhouse because there was nobody here to look after it for the whole week and i knew temperatures in the day were going to be way up there you know it could easily get into the 30s in the greenhouse if it's kept closed 
and at night time going down to two, three, four degrees. So, and I've got tomatoes, chilies, all sorts of stuff in there. My neighbour Teresa was a goddess, and she looked after the whole thing and did a brilliant job. I did prepare it for and I think that's what we're going to be talking about a little bit this evening what you can do to help mm. your plants through some time away so um, just to give some examples I'm sure you've got plenty too I had quite a lot of plants that I'd sown I often multi-sow into modules and then pot these plants up lots of saddle leaves and things like that so I potted them up early because I was worried that they were going to be drying out in the heat of the day and really difficult to keep moist in that restricted root zone. So I actually potted a lot of them up early. And they've been fine. They've, they've got a, a, an increased volume of compost. Um, Teresa kept them, you know, just moist, just sticking over. They've been really happy. I had some plants that I hadn't fully hardened off. And I thought, well, what do I do with these? Because I knew it was going to be sunny. And so I actually planted them out in the ground because they're, I thought, again, they're easier to look after in the ground because, you know, the rainfall and nature can, can irrigate them. But I then covered over the cloches with blankets and sheeting right. just to stop the extreme heat of the sun and also any you know any real chills at night because they hadn't got that real waxy cuticle developed properly. So that was a couple of things I've done. But, but there's lots of watering tips that, that people can adopt, aren't there? What have you ever done at Stones? I know when you're along, away for weekends, you have to do some quite nifty little things. Yeah, so... Um... One of, the, one of the things is that a lot of people are worried about doing the extremes, but the extremes are okay if they're just for small amounts of time. So if you have, one thing I have is a good, uh, some very large tray setup, which I usually use for watering seeds. So uh, for those who uh, are very good at seed sowing, they usually water from the bottom, stops you disturbing the top. But actually that's very good also for putting in pots of anything that you just want to keep a little bit damp it you know you, you'll be putting them in a few inches of water so you may feel like you're you're sort of uh, drowning them but if it's only for a few days or maybe even a week you can get away with it and it's better to have them slightly damper than they used to than say going very uh, bone dry what i what i do find with the the new peat free formulations is when they go very dry it's quite hard to re-wet them, so keeping them mm. slightly damp is a lot is a lot better. So I so I use that as well. I always make sure as well that I'm watering last thing before going away. I think a lot of people have this routine where they water in the morning. Yeah. It's quite a common thing in gardens. We all water in the morning, but what you'll find is that you're giving yourself that extra day of yeah. it drying out. It's a whole extra day, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. So leave it right till the end of the day and it usually means that you can actually get away with a couple more days, which is which is pretty good. Um if you really want to go down the system of an automatic watering system, I we talked about this the other day actually, if I remember, for you were doing it for some beds. But actually you can buy the drip oh, yeah. uh, system also for your for your greenhouse if you're really worried. This is probably for later on in the season when you really want to make sure the crops aren't checked mm. when they're when they're forming and they're expanding. So it's worth doing that. The other thing, and you sort of alluded to it, is my greenhouse, if you've got a good greenhouse, make sure you've got shades uh put on them mm. it's not just for general trying to keep the sun off and trying to keep the temperatures regulated but you'll be surprised the difference having the shades on all the time while you're away will make you getting an extra day or two without having uh, to water and then the next thing and, and this is actually weather dependent is if you're really uh, stuck on not being able to rely on your neighbor or you don't have a gardening crew or your owner won't go out and, <laughs> and water for you um take everything outside if you know it's going to rain because let mother nature 
help you. It, you'd be surprised. Um, lots of people think they'll have to keep their aubergines and their chilies all in the greenhouse or else they're not going to... Actually, for a week out, it's not going to really matter too much, especially if you can keep them, you know, damp and well watered. It's, that's, a, that's a good way to go as well. But um, I think for most people, the best way, and you've already alluded to it, is to get someone to hopefully help you. I, I think hey gardeners have a very much a pride thing when it goes on to uh, on holiday they all feel that them going holiday means that everything's going to go wrong and that always <laughs> i know i feel yeah. that sometimes yeah. i f- i feel like oh god i've got to leave brian and nigel with it all it's just i've got to come back to devastation because they don't know what they're doing just give some simple instructions at the end of the day they don't have to be geniuses uh, like us <laughs> to to uh to be able to get through that. but just what i do is i find that putting plants in in certain sections of the greenhouse and saying right this one needs watering every day mm. these don't need any water please don't water those those we can just do once this week and you'll be fine really helps for people who are either non-gardeners or don't really understand the way your greenhouse works. That's also a good way of doing it as well. That's exactly what I did for Teresa. And she is a a good gardener. Yeah. Uh, But I've got three zones at the moment. I've got my unheated, I've got my intermediate, and then I've got my propagating zone. And I literally thought, well, I'll get everything that needs to go there in the next few days into the week in the right place so that she hasn't got to worry about the moving around because there's a lot of moving around happening in a propagator as things bulk up and um, you know get more robust and then you can move them out of a really nurtured area into something more um, more open and, and unheated so I that is again something I did exactly for her to make it nice and straightforward and just simple things like talking people through right okay if the sun's out I'll take the propagator lids off and I'll open up the, the bubble wrap area and I'll even open the, the greenhouse door on very hot days. Mm. But, other, you know, it's just simple, as you say, simple instructions. Um, not to be patronising, it's not that at all. It's just that maybe you're the same. I, I hate putting on I hate putting on people. I hate yeah. it. I'm not very good at that in the slightest. I feel if anyone's doing anything for me, I find, I find myself you know, really being so, so grateful. And I am. Um, but it's, you know, it's it's a big ask for to someone to, to look after your, your plants for a whole week because you don't know what the weather's going to do. And especially in the spring, it can be massively changeable. You mentioned the shade and I, I have done that for plants at the hall. We've got, for example, things like chrysanthemums that are bulking up and I will put them out of the greenhouse and into the shade because our greenhouses against the west-facing wall of the kitchen garden are get ridiculously hot in the spring, mm. ridiculously so. And actually, the croissants are hardy enough in, that they can just go outside for a period of growing more stocky as well. It doesn't actually good. Mm. And capillary matting also I find very yes. useful. Yeah, so if really you good. haven't got somebody who's able to irrigate for you, actually putting the plants on on matting the matting actually sort of wicks up from a water reservoir and you know you can actually have the water reservoir below the plants and then actually put some matting into that into a bucket for example and it sort of sucks it up and as the plants utilize that moisture they then by the capillary action they just keep sucking the water up and so that's quite a useful method as well if you don't want to have them sitting too much for too long in buckets as you say sometimes for a few days in a, a reservoir as water is fine but when it gets to the week, it, it can cause a little bit of, of damage. And, and on a similar note, uh, for larger, if you've got some larger permanent plants in pots, 
Um, sometimes it's worth plunge planting them. So you can either do yeah, this definitely. in a sand bed or you can even do this in your borders. If you've got a border and you've just got a plant that's in the greenhouse and mm. you're a bit worried about it, you'd be surprised. If you just plunge it into a border, that will retain the moisture for yeah. for weeks sometimes. Uh, it's a good way of doing it. Alpine growers do plunge borders all the time for their smaller plants. They just plunge them into a sort of a tray of sand and that just keeps them moist for a lot longer because you 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 water into the sand rather than directly uh, into the pot so that's well worth doing i think these days we are so lucky that things can be automated and technology is helping us out when it comes to either mm. you know frost or whatever we've got we've got thermostats so we can have heaters kicking in when they're needed when it comes to irrigation again we've got automated systems yes they are an expense and so if you haven't got the a lifestyle where you're having loads of holidays all the time then maybe that's not quite the route you want to take um but that really does help you know even automated shading systems are yeah. available in big commercial houses so that can be massively massively useful to kind of you know help you out of a sticky spot but there's a massive amount of value to be put on a, a friendly neighbor or a good team of garden staff That brings us to the end of today's episode. We hope you enjoyed listening and look forward to you joining us again for the next instalment. If you'd like to contact myself or Lucy, we're free to chat on our social media platforms. I'm on Twitter at Gardening Saul, and Lucy is on both Twitter and Instagram at HeadGardenerLC. Any review you'd like to leave via your podcast provider would be gratefully received. The Joy of Spring in the Head Gardener's Heart is an exciting bookend to the start of many months of gardening making the horticultural world in which we live and work both exciting and fulfilling. So join us every week as we sow seeds, mow lawns, do a little or a lot of weeding and bring you, our loyal listeners, a peek behind our gardening curtains. And so until the next episode of Talking Heads, goodbye! goodbye! <laughs>